This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Again, this uh, one not for the time capsule as they play in the top of the sixth inning. 6-6 six, six in the sixth out at City Field with the Mets and the Yankees. Dan Grosser Show with you here on 98.7 ESPN. We're taking it for another hour right here on 98.7. Gordon and Larry are coming up at the top. Remember, you could tweet at me at Dan Grosser, G-R-A-C-A. Um... Yeah, what can you say? I, I mean, it's kind of the game that we expected. Not a great brand of baseball between two teams that have been pretty underwhelming, to say the least. And who knows how this is going to play itself out here over the next hour, but we will let you know one way or the other uh, how it indeed materializes. We haven't done any football today. And we'll get to the Giants in just a minute. All right? They had their mini camp, but nothing really seismic or earth-shattering with them. I want to actually begin the football conversation with the Jets, not because they're on our station. And he didn't think it was really anything all that significant other than, okay, they made an acquisition today. Jets sign Adrian Amos, who is a safety, played the last few years with the Green Bay Packers. He was a starter. Guy never came off the field. Before that, he was with the Chicago Bears. Guy virtually played like every down, hasn't missed a game the whole nine yards. Kind of peculiar, right, that the Jets would sign a player like Adrian Amos and like, well, why? Right? Do they really need more safety help? Like, they're not signing him to be a starter. Remember, they made the trade with Baltimore earlier in the offseason for Chuck Clark, and the two starting safeties were going to be Chuck Clark and Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead restructured his contract, pretty much guaranteeing the fact that he's going to be on the team next year. So why would you sign a guy like Amos to be on this team? Upwards of $4 million. You got your starters set already. Just, okay, maybe for depth, whatever. I, I, I don't know. And I didn't heard anything. To be quite honest with you, as if there was anything else maybe like beyond this acquisition. A little while ago, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers them for The Athletic, I believe he was the first one on it, reporting that the aforementioned Chuck Clark suffered a pretty serious knee injury. When? I have no idea. I mean, I assume that it happened on the field, OTAs, although I was there. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear about anything unless this was all like after the fact type stuff. Or I don't know if he heard himself working out from the time the last practice was on Friday to today. I I have no idea. He's awaiting a second opinion, according to reports. So if indeed Chuck Clark is going to be down for the count here, that would explain why the Jets went out there and signed a guy like Adrian Amos. Because Amos, Clark, Whitehead, they're all kind of the same safety. They're all generally box safeties. So if you have three of the same guy, you're saying, why are you just loading up on players that essentially do the same exact thing here? But now if you're going to be down one of them, maybe makes a little bit more sense. So that would be awful news if indeed it's true about Chuck Clark because he was a guy that I was actually excited to add to this defense. You know, he was kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Ravens deployed him all over the field. Um, He played some linebacker, believe it or not. And... He was a dude that was durable, a guy that was out there week in and week out for years for this Ravens team, kind of like one of these unheralded hero-type players. And so if the Jets are going to lose him before the season even starts, I mean, that would just be awful, awful news. So will the wait further word? Maybe we get some more info by the time tomorrow's show rolls around. Who the heck knows? But that would be a real, real bad thing for the New York Jets. On the other hand, you got the Giants. Giants have minicamp today. They got it tomorrow. They actually had their minicamp. 
over there in East Rutherford. And really nothing earth-shattering coming out of East Rutherford, to be quite honest with you. You know, there was, of course, the natural Saquon Barkley type of stuff because Saquon spoke on Sunday at his little youth football camp and kind of detailed where things were right now negotiation-wise between him and the football team and nothing really to report. But Dayball today was asked about the fact that when Saquon spoke, Saquon was a little bit frustrated that there were leaks coming out to the media about the nature of the negotiations and where things stood and Dayball was asked if that is a concern at all on his end. Saquon seems frustrated that he feels like details of the negotiations were were leaked and were misleading. Is that a concern on your end that he feels that way about negotiations that are supposed to be private? Yeah, everything that I have to say about Saquon remain private. There you go. Okay. That's not a yes. That's not a no. It's called, hopefully we get its deal worked out with the player, but... We're not going to sit here and talk about the negotiations publicly. That's that. Uh, Here was Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown is the assistant GM for the New York Giants. He spoke about Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Tom, I appreciate you asking the question. You know, obviously we've been going uh, you know, around with uh, Saquon in communication since probably about nine months now, but that's uh, above my pay grade in terms of just divulging you know, some of the stuff that we're going to keep in-house. But we love Saquon. You know, he knows how I feel about him. He knows how we feel about him collectively. But we're going to keep the, you know, the family business inside. But with him, you know, I'm ex- excited whenever he's back, but I know he's taking care of his business right now. I think when you're dealing with someone who is extremely mature like Saquon, you can separate the personal and, pro- and the professional. And I think that's when you have honest and open conversations you take the feelings out of it you're able to establish common ground doesn't mean you're going to agree but that's what i do i appreciate about i appreciate about him he can he can listen and he can and he can digest the information we're giving him and uh, he can tell us his feelings as well did you notice what he, what brandon brown said at the beginning of that harvey he gave the um the i appreciate the question i was blown away a bit by the above my pay grade yeah well i mean dude you're the assistant gm i was gonna say like what else do you do yeah it, that's a great point right you're the assistant GM, and if you don't have any idea how things are going with the negotiation for Barkley, maybe you should ask for a, a, a raise in pay. That's my question. Maybe a different job title. Or maybe a different job title. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe Brandon Brown shouldn't be the assistant GM if he has no idea what's going on about with the Saquon negotiations. Aren't you in on these at all? Don't you talk to Joe Shane? What do you talk about? Food? What's for lunch? You know, I, I, I don't. The weather? Good catch by Nimmo. And I say it sarcastically because he didn't catch it. Literally, like, ran right past the ball. You know how bad this brand of baseball is between these two teams right now? Look at this. How do you drop that? Oh, my gosh. Oh. I can't anymore, man. I, I just, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. How many more of these do I have to live through? We've only got until tomorrow, and that's it. Let me say hi to Mitch in East Windsor. Maybe he'll calm me down. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Hi, Dan. How's everything going? Excellent. What's going on, sir? Hey, I got to apologize, but I'll say it to the end. Um, first of all, Denver is not going to be a one-hit wonder. They're going to be around for quite a while. They got themselves a quite a starting lineup. And I think they have a pretty good bench. They, they, I hate when they just go to eight-man bench. I see how the plays get in, but, you know, it's an important series. But, uh, you know... Aaron Gordon. I mean, he reminds you of a, you know, a young Draymond Green. How Just about? Old. By the way, Dennis, did you Dennis see? Rock. 
Did you see Aaron Gordon, by the way, after the game was over, walked outside, like, to the streets of Denver, like, without a shirt on and started, like, partying with the fans, like, no security or anything like that? Like, that might not be the best move in the world. And at that time, I guess he had no idea that there was going to be a, a, a shooting in, in, the, in the, the melee down there and that 11 people were going to get hurt. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, a couple of guys who just happened to have guns. They had an argument to scream. It doesn't matter whether it's screaming. It's just it's sickening up there. Yeah. Um, they're going to be good. Uh, do you think um, – somebody? I know I agree Jay Moran is throwing his life away. But I think we, uh, with um, Zion uh, Williamson, it's kind of like Ian Sullivan. His, his injury is kind of like bad luck. Um, I think he could be had. I'd love to have him in my team. You just give him another shot. I mean, he, he's guy, he's just like bad luck, and I guess a little too much at the, at the dinner table. I mean, I love to see him get on my team, and then New Orleans, you know, it's got, you know, they kept him as long because it keeps, it keeps the city, keeps the team in the city. And some more things. When is, you, you, you read that Vegas got the, the days, the, 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 they the passed the uh, they passed money. the bill. I saw that. Yeah, the, the, in Nevada. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, with all the issues with, with, uh, with society here, they have money to give to a, a, a billionaire. Yes. Who doesn't want to win? It's been saving money for years. And um, remember, I told you I mentioned that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, Miami has a foe. He just turned twenty. He was the first round pick this past draft, twenty twenty two. He's almost the same name. I thought it was the same name, but the middle he, he has an N. Nikola Jovic is his name. Yes. Right. It's almost the same. I, I, I look at it as the same name. Mm-hmm. I think they're almost from the same country, not the same hometown. It was just me. I want to apologize. No, Mitch, you know what? No apology necessary, and I thank you for the phone call. I mean, that's big of you. You didn't have to necessarily call up and, and make a public apology like that on New York radio. You didn't have to. But that just speaks volumes to the character of the person that Mitch is. He didn't have to do that, but he did. You know, you appreciate a guy like that. He's honorable. And you know, I hope Mitch didn't give away too much, too, because that was actually going to be something that we as a show had planned for the summer months. You know, we were going to do some new things, have some, some games and different segments and stuff like that for the show. And it involved one of the guys that he brought up, the Nikola Jovich guy on the Heat. Should I tell them, Harvey? You think I should spoil the surprise or no? I don't see why not. You got nothing to lose. Go for it. We haven't figured out when exactly we're going to launch it, but we actually have a game that we're working on. And you guys, it's all going to be with you guys, the callers. You know, you're the contestants. It's like a game show type theme, and it's going to be called Nikola Jokic or Nikola Jovic. There's going to be prizes, the whole nine yards. Series of clues, and then the callers are going to have to guess, are we talking about Nikola Jokic or Nikola Jovic. It's time for America's fastest growing game show. Nikola Jovic or Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I think it's going to be a hit. I think like high school kids are going to sacrifice going out with their buddies on the weekend so they could stay home and listen to the radio version of Nikola Jokic versus Nikola Jokic or Nikola Jokic or Nikola Jovic. I think it's going to be great. Brownshire played for me some of the imaging that he was working on. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Amazing. Can't wait. 
800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're rolling till the top of the hour. It's Gross's show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Oh. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 7-6 Yankees is our score. Game one of the Subway Series. That one in the bottom half of the sixth inning. Out at City Field in the Vegas Golden Knights have a 2-0 lead over the Florida Panthers. They just dropped the puck to start period number two. Vegas 40 minutes away from hoisting Lord Stanley for the first time in the history of the franchise. Let us return to the phone calls and say hi to our buddy Lonnie in Harlem up next on 98.7. Lonnie, good evening. How are you? Is it a good evening, Dan? I don't know for you, man. It's, it's always a like good evening. A Oh, yeah, I mean, especially if you're on for three hours. I mean, hour and a half is great, but three hours is spectacular. First of all, of course, shout out to the company, Sammy Lassell. And Dan, I mean, you already know how it is with me, with you. (laughs) I mean, I'm listening to this show, and then I I just couldn't – I had to, like, literally message Harvey to tell you to chill out because I couldn't stop laughing. But I hear where you're coming from. And then, like, Elon Washingtonville said it. He just said it himself, like – you know, I feel bad for Cohen some some way, and then I also feel bad for people like you because it's like, man, the forty three million for Scherzer ain't like you said. He didn't look good in that Dodger series when he had to come out, and then he couldn't pitch the next game. So you y'all going out and paying him forty three million, and he's giving like he's laying eggs and just hanging sliders and stuff like that. And if he's done. I mean, honestly, you might as well put Sebi on a platter right next to him because Sebi's out there doing almost the same thing. It, it, it is god-awful baseball that, we, uh, you know, us Yankee and Mets fans have to watch. Unfortunately, it's been a lot worse for you Mets fans. But, like, man, it's it's hard to sit here and stomach this as, you know, as a baseball fan, period. And then we got to sit here and watch this crap. And I think, honestly, like, the, the game probably is going to end, like, with a high score. I think somebody earlier said this is probably going to go to 12. It's probably to the middle of the night. I can honestly see that happening, the way the pitching is going down. And then, like, just the way that things is just happening and, like, the memo, your man's just, I don't know what, what that was. But, like, it's you know a what it is, no, You know what it is, Lonnie? Nobody, nobody wants to win the game. I, I, I'm convinced. Like, it's almost like both teams want the other one to win it. It's like, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. No, you guys have it. It's like, like that's, what's, that's what I feel like I'm watching. 
it's like a string. It's like a string or a full quartet of teams. It's like two teams with Larry Curly and Moles on it. <laughs> right, the Three Stooges of baseball. Yeah, just baffling around out there, not knowing what to do with themselves or the ball. So, like, man, listen, Dan. Like, I always say this. You know, you run a great program, but when the Mets are doing bad, <laughs> you really make radio just pure gold. I hate to hear you in that that pain. Even though you said you don't lose any sleep, no, but it really does make for great radio. You know what it is, I Lonnie. Just have to call in and say that, and you're the best man. I appreciate it. You know what it is? They're they're the gift that keeps on giving. That's what they are. You know, it's great for business. It's great for business. You know, like you 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 know how easy it would be if both of these teams were like really good, right? If the Mets were in first place by 10 games, Yankees were in first place by 10 games, and they're playing this series, like, okay, what would we be sitting here talking about? There's no, there's nothing to, to go crazy over. But when the teams are bad, when, when the teams are a train wreck, when you got guys that you're paying $43 million and they can't get anybody out, that's, that, that gives you as much material as anybody could even want. You know, guys that do this, that's all, that's all we care about. Give me stuff we could talk about, Right? I mean, personal feelings aside, I told you know, I, fandom schmandom could care less who wins or who loses. You root for what's going to be good for you. And in this case, you know what? Having these baseball teams play as ineptly as they've played, and then when you put them both on the same field at the same time, it's gold. Let's say hi to uh, Subi in Midtown, who was up next. Hello, Subi. How are you? Hey, Dan. I'm glad I... Uh... I listened to that Michael K segment regarding, you know, GMs who are spending a lot of money and not getting results because that's what's going on in the league right now. There's a lot of mediocrity, even with the Dodgers. I just saw their record. And the funny thing is with the, when you're getting a pitcher like Verlander or Scherzer, it's because you're not developing the pitcher. And the funny part is the ex-prospect pitchers from the Mets, Steven Matz or any of the uh, Jacob deGrom, and Noah Syndergaard, where are they now? They're not doing well. It's probably because they haven't been developed. And there needs to be a, a, a solution without throughout baseball in the sense that these young players need to be developed. And I like what the Baltimore Orioles are doing, even though they were tanking for the past five years. At least they got like four stud offensive players and probably two or three good pitchers. But the fact of what I'm trying to say is, is that it's a fickle sport, and I think what the baseball needs to solve this issue because these injuries are plaguing the league, and uh, old old timers are not going to be good for the sport in the future. That's all I got to say. Profile notable player to suddenly look his age, who's getting paid a lot of money, and he's not paying back the team with performance for the rest of baseball to kind of look around and say, you know what, I'm not going to make that same mistake. I'm not going there. Remember, this isn't the steroid era anymore. During the steroid era, guys were, you know, you're paying them all that money. They're producing late into their 30s just like they did when they were in their 20s because they were cheating. But that's not happening now. And eventually, Father Time is going to win out. Father Time is undefeated. And that's what you're seeing, at least with one of these Mets pitchers. And you know what? Good chance you might see it tomorrow night as well. 800-919-3776. All right, we're going to switch gears. When we come back, we will indeed talk to our buddy Dave Maloney about the hiring of Peter Laviolette by the New York Rangers to be their next head coach. Dan Grasso, show we roll to the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. I don't have a computer. I'm one of those 67 people in this space-time continuum who doesn't.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Peter Laviolette. Appointed the new head coach. He'll succeed Gerard Gallant. Joining us now to talk about it, our good pal, of course, the radio analyst for us here on 98.7, the Rangers MSG Radio Network. It is our buddy Dave Maloney. Dave, good to catch up, my friend. Thanks for hopping on. How are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you doing? No complaints whatsoever. It's good to have the hockey conversation in the summer, of course, here. And what do you think? Peter LaViolette always seemed to be kind of maybe the front runner. Are you surprised, any? Not not really. I mean, you know, the evolution of the open position was the most surprising thing, but, the, you know, Chris Dury and his staff decided to move on from Gerard Gallant, and uh, uh, I guess at the end of the day, that's what happens. You could debate whether that was warranted or not. Uh, but from the get-go, Peter's uh, name was one that was out there fairly prominently, and my understanding is that there had been a decision made about a week ago that it got kind of held off a bit but they finally uh made it public today so it's uh you know it's another uh, a new voice um from a ranger standpoint and uh hopefully his experience with the cup win and three appearances a couple of appearances in the cup finals will you know be just a little more for a group that by and large is probably going to be Pretty close, other than Tarasenko and Kane, to what we saw at the finish of the season. No doubt about that. It's a win-now group, and, and that's pretty evident here, or else you don't make a move to mm-hmm. this extent here. How much of a factor do you think it is, Dave, that he comes in not only just with experience coaching in the New York market from his time there on the island, but he's pretty familiar with this division, too. This is going to be his fifth Metropolitan Division team that he's coached. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, if familiarity breeds contempt, you might be in trouble, but it might be a good thing. <laughs> It might be a good thing. I, I think the big thing is he's he's certainly gone to places, and everywhere he's gone, he's had really good success early, right? And uh, this is a group that, uh, again, I, it, it's hard to believe we're having this conversation that you're from uh, a remove from where we were last spring, right? Uh, but the reality is that's where we're at, and um, a change is made. And I just think that you know I think he's coached. You know I think it's over 1,400 games in the league, and he's in the top five and you know, top um, games coached in the league. So there's a tremendous amount of experience here, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, his style has, by and large, been a pretty aggressive, upbeat style. Um, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can be just that little bit more that this group 
needs to advance a little further along the road. You talk about the style, okay? From what this team is, and you mentioned the roster, you don't expect a lot of turnover, but I guess you never know. Stylistically, how he likes to employ X's and O's, how does it mesh with this current group of personnel, you think? Well, one of the things I think, Gerard Gallant, you know, gotten a little, you know, his tenures had always been uh, short, uh, but sweet, but short. Uh, and there was always a question about his X's and O's and executions. And, um, and, and from the standpoint of Peter Laviolette, that, that doesn't seem to be an issue. Now, I don't know Peter at all. And it's, it's not fair to judge, uh, have an opinion when you don't, really know him and have a chance to get to know him. Uh, but I do think that the veteran voice on uh, a new voice that seems to be a little more tied in to the nuances of, of shift management and, and different things that go on in the game over the course of a game are one of Peter's strengths. So, it, it, you know, this is a veteran group um, and it's an experienced group. And perhaps just a little more guidance, believe it or not, from what's expected when it comes to implementing a game plan is something that, um, you know, senior management felt the group needed because it sounds like uh, really, and I just say this from an absolute outsider standpoint, I met Peter uh, personally when the Rangers played at Yankee Stadium um, and he was part of the NHL network and I was doing some work and had a bit of a conversation with him, but won't profess to know him, but do know that he makes an, uh, a pretty decent impact immediately, and he's got a veteran group that I think is looking for a little more leadership. Talking with Dave Maloney right here on 98.7 ESPN. Rangers make it official. Peter Laviolette, the new head coach, will be introduced at a press conference coming up a week from today. You know, some of the people out there that maybe aren't necessarily overjoyed with this hire and they always want to, you know, poke right. holes into it, Dave, they always point out the fact, right. or they're pointing out the fact, well, it's been five years since a Peter Laviolette coach team made it out of the first round of the playoffs. You think there's any weight right. to that? I mean, we know the facts, but don't you think every circumstance is different? Oh, certainly. And I, I, I think it's a, a very um, unfair observation when you're, you know, you're looking from an outsider's perspective on the end result. You, don't, you just don't know inside what injuries had to do, what goaltenders had to do, what, you know, opponents' fate. You know, there's all kinds of things. I think, uh, I, I just think it's it's too easy to conclude anything definitive from that. But in this day and age, everybody has a voice, everybody has an opinion, and I guess those are the things you deal with. So the bottom line is um, this is a very experienced guy um, who comes um, to a team that I think was just looking for a little more from behind the bench, and uh, they're getting a guy that sounds like it's going to give them that. You know, and also when you think about the experience factor with this team, you know, one of the knocks, if you will, that some of the players, mm -hmm. I guess, had with his predecessor was that, you know, maybe Gerard Gallant wasn't as keen on making the in-game adjustments as Peter Laviolette mm -hmm. is known for. From that standpoint, mm -hmm. you have a win-now type group. Is that the end-all, be-all in terms of what a difference maker can be behind the bench for a club that apparently is still trying to find the right guy for this job? Yeah, I, I, again, it's, you know, I, I'm not 
I won't disagree with the observation from Gerard. Gerard was a motivator. It kept the game plan simple. Um, but when you look at this generation of uh, our athletes, they have been coached and and videoed and access the things from infancy. And I, I think rather than have had times along the way where they had to figure it out on their own, like in our generation, when we had one coach, and there were a lot of things that you just had to figure out on your own. The coach just, you know, there were certainly Roger Nielsen's of the world were different. Scotty Bowman was a, you know, kind of a motivator, but, you know, this generation now, they've, they've needed video, they've needed coaches, they've needed direction, they've needed from the get-go. And I think you know, very well, you would think that guys at this position uh, would know how to get it done. I'm just not sure a lot of it comes intuitively. I think they have to be reminded, and I think they have to be coached. And uh, whether Peter Laviolette, and we're hoping he is the guy that will have that touch with this particular group. Um, and I, 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 my suspicions are, unless, you know, Chris Jury and his staff have showed along the way to pull a couple of rabbits out of their hats when they're making moves, but there are a lot of contract issues with this club, and there's still some pretty good players in this club um, and that um, just sound like they want a little more direction, and I think given the fact that they're of a generation that's had direction from the get-go, uh, this might be the answer. And, and I think that that's the, the the next topic of conversation here is because, look, this is a group that has talented players. We know that. You know, they've had extremely successful, prolific regular seasons. Maybe not able to duplicate some of that success in the playoffs yet over the last couple of years. You know, David Quinn was the wrong coach for this group. You know, maybe demanded a little bit too much from them. Now you had the complete opposite in Gerard Galland, who was thought to be a players-type coach. Do you think now the onus shifts solely on this group and on this core, Dave, to where they're the ones that are going to have to perform and, and to get this thing right here? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not a guy in that room that suits up that's not willing to accept that responsibility. Um, you know, you don't get to that level, irregardless of whether you've been coached from day one or managed from day one. You don't get to this level without a willingness to accept what's expected from you. But the magic is, is finding the right voice, the right room, the right, if it was that easy, uh, there wouldn't be one winner of 32. It's very hard being a winner. There's so many variables that come into play. So I'm not, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is there certainly is an expectation that the players assume the responsibility that need to be assumed. In the meantime, the coaching staff has to push and prod and pull and tug and, and yell or, or not yell. I, I'm not sure how much yelling goes on anymore from a coach. But all, all the things that in this day and age, it's just not one sole responsibility. It's finding the message that works for the group and, that, and the, uh, between the coaching staff and the management staff that makes it work. And everybody, you know, to varying degrees, and again, we go back a year where this club went on a magical mystery tour, got to the conference finals, mm -hmm. they're probably way, way ahead of where they probably should have been. But the reality was they got on a roll. Shesterkin, you know, various things happened. 
And uh, so you advance a year. So I, I, I don't think anybody expected us uh, that this franchise to be in this situation going back a year. But the reality is they are. And the reality is a veteran coach has been brought in who maybe sounds like a bit of a hybrid between. See, I think David Quinn was a little too young. Uh, and, and I think he was a little too hands-on, wanted to be, you know, a manager on a day-to-day basis and, and different things. And, and I thought David Quinn was terrific. He's a terrific guy mm-hmm. because, you know, he's in the league now as another head coach. So every coach has the style, and perhaps Laviolette, uh, Peter, will be maybe a bit of a hybrid. That will be seen when this thing kicks off in September and we move from there. So I guess at the end of the day, the Rangers uh, do have their head coach moving forward. Um, how it works, we're certainly hoping it works well because uh, it makes a lot. Uh, we become better broadcasters when they're when they are good. And it's <laughs> so, been a fun. Yeah, well, you're right. And it's been a fun couple of years, right? No other way around it. Yeah. It has been. No. Yeah. No. It's uh, so it, it, again. Like I say, if it, it was, if there was one specific thing. Uh, I just think in this day and age, it's a pretty complicated business. It is the best league in the world. Um, and I don't think, you know, it's any surprise. You know, when Boston got knocked out, there were five or six teams, and I would throw the Rangers in there, thought that, the, you know, the door opened widely. And, uh, you know, there's still two teams standing, and uh, the rest of the teams have to find answers and have to find coaches, have to find a new manager. So at the end of the day, I suppose the only team that has all the answers looks like it might be Vegas. Indeed it is. Barring something completely unforeseen, that's for sure. Dave, <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, they, they, it's whew, it's there. And then how about those fans? They only have to wait six years for a Stanley Cup. That's not too uh, taxing, yeah. I would say. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, you know, when you look at the, uh, the franchise in Broadway, it's, it's one championship in a long, long time. And I've often been asked uh, – by outsiders, how patient the New York hockey fans are. Well, they're pretty patient. <laughs> you know, it's been a long, dry run, and then you look at a team six years in and it's one final appearance, and it looks like they're going to get a cup. But, you know, this will be over probably tonight. Everybody will be back at the starting line, and the Rangers will be right there with them. No doubt about it. Everybody's 0-0, zero and zero, probably starting tomorrow. Dave, great stuff as always, my friend. Appreciate a couple of minutes hopping on here. Uh, have a great summer if I don't talk to you. And, hey, great, September will be here before you know it. Let's face it. Before you know it, I can't believe we're in the middle of June already and, and uh, all that good stuff. And keep up the good work. It's always a pleasure chatting. All right, buddy. You'll be good. There is Dave Maloney, of course, our outstanding analyst right here on the Rangers MSG Radio Network here on 98.7. Peter Laviolette is going to be introduced next Tuesday as the new head coach of the Blue Shirts. 800-919-3776. Some interesting developments. And, boy, there have been a few of those tonight, have there not? Over at City Field, the latest development in this wacky Subway Series game. We'll tell you what that is. Dan Gross' show to the top right here, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. They go to the eighth inning at City Field, 7-6 Yankees over the, uh, over the Mets. What we told you about the uh, surprising development is that while we were talking to Dave Maloney, the Mets brought in uh, Drew Smith from the bullpen to pitch the seventh inning. 
Before he even threw a pitch, the umpires did the old inspection of his hands, and they found some sticky stuff, and Drew Smith was ejected. So Drew Smith is looking at a 10-game suspension. I don't know if he learned that from Max Scherzer or not, since, you know, it seems to run in the clubhouse, of course. And, you know, Drew Smith has also had a pension for uh, hanging breaking balls, too, which the other team hits about four miles out of the ballpark. He might have learned that from Scherzer, too. It's just, it, it goes from bad to worse with this team. It really and truly is. But the owner's still going to be patient. Don't worry. You know, the owner thinks that, you know, throwing a gasket, putting people on notice, that doesn't solve anything. That makes people uncomfortable at their jobs when they're getting paid a lot of money. You know, he's going to order them lunch the next day and some, you know, refreshing drinks and so on and so forth to make sure that they have the best possible environment to try to go beat them Yank Yank Yankees tomorrow in the Subway Series. Good luck with that. Um, Elsewhere in baseball, I wanted to bring this up too. Tonight in Oakland, I know the Oakland A's are a laughing stock and all those things, but they haven't been playing like it of late. The A's have actually won, how about this, six in a row, which is the longest current winning streak in the American League. They're now on pace to win 43 games this year. But their 18 wins are actually tied with the Royals. Like, they've caught the Royals. And the Royals, like, aren't trying to tank as bad as the A's are. They just aren't any good. So Kansas City's got 18 wins. Oakland's got 18 wins. But tonight in Oakland, a group of fans, a group of, like, diehard Oakland A's fans, they organized this thing, and it's been in the works for weeks. It's called a reverse boycott. Now, you know only about five people go to the A's games because, you know, they're in protest of the ownership and how they're greasing the skids to move to Vegas. And it looks like, you know, that's happening. Another bill was passed today, voted on uh, in Nevada to take that next step into making it happen. But they organized a reverse boycott tonight to kind of show everybody that it's not the fans, right? Like ownership wants to paint it as if, well, the Coliseum is a dump and the fans aren't responding and they're not coming to the games. No, the fans are saying the opposite. They're saying, no, we want to come to the games. We will come to the games. So they organize this huge crowd tonight and they're hoping that the owners are just going to sell the team. That's what they want to have happen. Keep the team in Oakland but just sell. And it stinks for the fans. It really and truly does. So I'm curious to see what type of number they actually get. They're going to be getting underway here momentarily against the – who are they playing? They're playing Tampa Bay. So it is underway, as a matter of fact. As soon as they get the attendance, uh, we should have that certainly by tomorrow. But the Nevada Senate passed a $380 million bill to fund a new stadium out there in Vegas. Vegas becoming the epicenter of the sports world, at least in hockey. The Golden Knights just scored again. It's 6-1 Vegas. They give up a goal here, does Florida, with like three seconds left in the period. Make matters worse. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Go foul, go foul, go foul. For the love of God, go foul. Jeez. So, yeah, Vegas is going to win the Stanley Cup tonight. I can only imagine the type of party that's going to be in Vegas. That's going to spill out onto the streets after this team wins the trophy, which is you know going to be in a matter of minutes, right? But as far as the baseball and as far as what's going on tonight at the ballpark, hey, we still got two more innings to play. And who knows what type of crazy stuff could unfold over the last two innings. Go Yankees foul, got go the- foul, go foul. For the love of God, go foul. <laughs> Jeez. Did you see that, though? Did you see that? 
Who was it? Billy McKinney? It was like a swinging bunt, which looked like it was rolling foul. Then it hit the lip of the grass and then came back fair again. And it's just like that one travel of the baseball encapsulates the entire night for the Mets. But then it actually did end up going foul. Go foul. Go foul. Go foul. For the love of God, go foul. Jeez. (laughs) See, Harvey's good with that stuff. He could turn it around quickly. Very skilled. You must be a professional. I've been around the block. Yeah, you've been around stuff. the block. That's right. I've learned well. He's 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 honed his craft. But I always wonder why say. do players just wait for it to um to go foul? I like to think that if you just grab it, you beat the man. You beat hit him up with it. Well, well, at that point when it rolled a little bit, like he was going to beat it, like the runner was going to be safe. There was no way they were going to get him. So that way, your only hope is for it to go foul. And then as soon as it does go foul, you touch it immediately, so it doesn't then somehow roll fair again, which could have easily happened with the Mets. I mean, it's just bad it's really really bad uh that's gonna be it for us though tonight this was a fun one this was a unique one as they say they generally always are back tomorrow full show from 7 to 10 right after tmks and i'm sure we'll be talking a lot about this here subway series game don't you think but thanks to dave maloney for hopping on with us we appreciate his time as always thanks to julian and thanks to harvey gordon and larry are up next everybody so listen to them i'll talk to you tomorrow at seven gras is saying good night here on 9870 ESPN. Nikola Jovic or Nikola Jokic. <laughs> this is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>